This is Christian Watson, and you're listening to Roster Watch. Ladies and gentlemen, Roster Watch Nation, welcome back to the Epic Roster Watch Podcast, brought to you by RosterWatch.com. My name is Alex Dunlap, here, of course, with the Trash Man, a couple of your founders over there at RosterWatch.com, where all of our tools for your redraft leagues, your season-long managed leagues, are starting to go up over there as we're rounding into the 4th of July, which for us is always the unofficial sort of start of Fantasy draft season, trash man, what we just saw yesterday, uh, teams will be reporting as early as like July 20th with their rookies. And then July 25th for most teams just had you know, showing up for training camp. We're right around the corner. Uh, certainly looking forward to getting out to a bunch of these camps this year. We have a plan to get to more training camps than ever this year. So make sure and stick with us. I know it's been a couple of um shows that we've missed over the course of the last last couple weeks there was just an issue with scheduling with a guest that we had on earlier in the week and then last week this heat wave in texas i lost my air conditioning here in the studio and so i wasn't wasn't about to come back in here and do that so um but yeah we're, we're 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 back and our our great admin jen who's our guest booker has a bunch of great guests lined up over the course of these next few shows through july and august so make sure and stay tuned for those trash man you're getting excited it's finally that time of year again well i'm getting something <laughs> you're not getting it, sunburned as it, as, it, as it creeps to 108 degrees you know on an average how often do you get sunburned uh maybe once maybe once a year is I'll get some sort of like something, you know, maybe on my nose or my shoulders. Is it like red? What, like how? Now, what? A, a little bit red. It peel. I'll, I'll know because it'll peel. Yeah, you, makes you a little, makes you a, a, a little bit more swarthy. Yeah, I was I was out in the sun a lot. I was in a I was in a Dunkin' Donuts ad yesterday. No, oh, okay. For for the people listening on the podcast feed, probably don't know where <laughs> track. Trash man, trash man moonlights is a damn model and an actor. It's just, it's just unbelievable to be trash man. Um, Dunkin' Donuts ad though, huh? Yeah, like a national one. I guess so. I mean, they don't have any in they Texas. They have a local ad. It's not gonna be <laughs> running in Texas. No, that's cool. Well, hope hopefully made a little cheese from that. Let's make let's talk about how we're gonna make some cheese playing fantasy football this year. I want to talk about the strength of schedule tools that are up at rosterwatch.com. I've got them up for. Um, the projected uh, let's see just what's the way it's called on these tools so it's the it's the it's the unit projected fantasy strength of schedule by team for 2023 i have them up for the running back position the wide receiver position and the tight end position these things are always a real pain in the ass to put together trash man because it pulls from a lot of different sources it pulls from some of our internal uh, metrics and data and it is not before we start talking about any of this stuff when you hear about strength of schedule from other sites and from other entities, it probably is just going to look at fantasy points allowed from last season to these certain positions and just extrapolate it forward to 2023. 
of course, we know that that's a failing um, method. It's, it's not a good methodology. Why? Well, because things change from year to year, especially with these defenses. Uh, they don't get as much coverage in the fantasy football space as, you know, the big moves that happen in free agency for our favorite, you know, wide receivers and running backs and skill players, right? But there are personnel changes. There are coaching changes as far as defensive coordinators. There are scheme changes. And so what we do is we look – at each player on the projected starting defense um, in a vacuum and go through particular stats for them regarding, you know, their ability to either, you know, stop the run, cover against the pass, rush the passer, all that stuff. We throw in other things like projected game scripts by uh, week by week totals that are available to us now on the look ahead lines. Um, and then just some advanced statistics that we buy from various uh from various sources and you put all those together and we've come up with the formula here we've used ever since creating the matchup tool. We basically take the matchup tool and we run it for the whole year and we get a projected strength of schedule for these players over the course of the season. And so they're all listed in order from their best strength of schedule to the worst as far as our projections, along with a week by week visual look at, um, which weeks look to be easier versus these positions versus which weeks look to be harder. We also look at the fast start, which is important to us. Um, the first four weeks of the season, we always want to get off to a fast start at roster watch because getting off to a fast start means that whenever people start panicking to trade after week three or week four, we're in a position of strength coming into those trades where we can begin to consolidate there and um, get the better players. Because of course, if you're in a position of strength and you're dealing from position of strength within these trades, um, you're not going to have somebody come in and come in and try and swindle you. You know, you're, 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 you basically say, look, you're the one coming to me with the bad football team. Like if, if, if you, if you want to get a trade done here, it's going to be on my terms. So we always want to get off to a fast start in fantasy football, but we also like to look to the playoffs. And so there's a playoff schedule, um, aspect to this thing as well. But may, most importantly is just the total strength of schedule and again, this is projected via not just fantasy points allowed from last season. We do take into consideration uh, the schedule adjusted fantasy points from the last 10 games of 2022 for about 25% of each one of these uh, different tools. But other than that, it, you know, it's all I get, trash. Man, I, I get I mean, I can't believe all this like, you know, you, you go in and you look at, say, even for tight ends. Right. You have to look at, you know, how's it going to be different this year? in Arizona now that you have like a guy like Gannon there you know what like what is the total tight end reception share profile of his defenses right what was it for Evero and Denver that you know now that we might be able to put forward to Carolina what what like what was it for Jim Schwartz when he was the defensive coordinator at Philly Vance Joseph you know he's in Den he's back in Denver now um Stuff like this. We have Vic Fangio back in the picture. We have, you know, Brian Flores back in the picture. How does that affect these various shares for um, for Miami, for Minnesota, all these kinds of things? So it's a lot to look at. And these tools are very time consuming, but they're up. And we hope if you're a pro member, you go check them out. So we each have a few thoughts. Let's just go over them. Trash man, your first thought from looking at this strength of schedule tool from these three running back wide receiver tight end quarterback will go up over the weekend. What do you think though? Well, just looking at, well, first looking at running backs, I mean, it looks like as a general rule, <laughs> we should avoid AFC East running backs in fantasy. 
if we if at all if at all possible. I mean, and I say that not only because it's the strength of schedule, just because it just seems like there's a lot of the, the running back situations in the AFC East are, you know, at least are several teams are largely convoluted. I mean, if you look at Miami, they all um, are. What, what could potentially happen there? Um, the Jets, even the way it starts out, um, the way the season's going to start out. Um, also with with Buffalo, I mean, there's so many question marks. And then to add on the strength of schedule, they all have the worst. I mean, it's the worst division to to play against if you're a running back. Yeah, to me, all these things together just say, you know, if, if I can, I'm going to stay away from AFC East running backs. Yeah, it's a good takeaway, and I, I think it's it, it. I think that it goes to the Ramondre Stevenson conversation too, because there's been so much back and forth about it. I know James White came out last week, and he was talking about how much Bill Belichick loves Ramondre Stevenson and how the opportunity is there for him. He just needs to step up and grab it, right? But then you you have reporters like I believe it was Mike Reese or some of these other guys saying that. It, you probably don't realize how much a guy like Ty Montgomery might factor in and stuff. It's like, man, it's, it's a, it's a tough, it's a tough deal. Um, I'm generally on the side of, I think that Ramondre is probably going to have the opportunity. I feel know. like he's the closest. He's the closest to having, you know, you know, the clearest path. But you just look at, but you look at the strength of schedule and they have by far the worst strength of schedule in the entire league. Um, if you just look at the first, say the first five weeks of the season, um, they have so they start out with what we project as a bottom eight matchup for opposing running backs uh, at home versus Philly. Then they're at home the next week versus Miami. I talked about it on the Sirius XM show, Trash Man, but Miami, if you look at the advanced stats, that defense is actually really good. And I think if you listen to the rhetoric around the league, you know, there, there were. Um, they were talk, you know, people down there talk. I forgot who who the journalist was for the Miami was. The, is that the Sun Sentinel down there or the Herald, the Miami Herald? I forget what it's Sun Sentinel. Um, I think it was Omar Kelly, maybe, uh, just talking about how look if you look at the financials of the Dolphins right now, they're built to win this year because there's some things they're going to have to do next season to um, to deal with the salary and stuff. And I, I kind of wondered, you know, what, what, what does he mean by that? When you dig into the defense of some of these players that they have at all three levels, this is a good, good defense. Um, then they're at the New York Jets. You know, the Jets, it looks like, are going to be really, really tough against everybody except maybe maybe tight ends. They're at Dallas. Now, we don't have Dallas as quite a bottom 12 matchup, but we know that that's a good defense as well. And then New Orleans, who is going to be tough, certainly – against running backs we have them as a, as a bottom 12 matchup they also have the tough they have a really tough um a really tough playoff schedule so weeks 15 16 and 17 in the fantasy playoffs kansas city at denver at buffalo so with Ramondre, i think that's that was sort of one of my takeaways as as well i think if we're just talking about divisions we talked about it on the sirius xm show but man the nfc north is like the opposite of the AFC East. These defenses are not your grandpa's NFC North black and blue division kind of defenses. Or I guess your grandpa's NFC North would have been the <laughs> NFC Central, right, Trash Man? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, but this isn't the NFC North that anybody had um, had predicted. Uh, it's going to be really good versus running backs, versus wide receivers, versus tight ends. It gets a little bit, little bit weird because – 
You look mostly there at safeties, nickel corners, and coverage linebackers. And some of these teams do have good players in those particular spots. But as far as the overall look of the defense, as far as the, um, the look-ahead lines, the spreads, the totals, the overrunners in these games, the fact that two of these teams play indoors, I mean, Detroit has by far the best running back strength of schedule this year. I don't know if that's best for Jameer Gibbs or if that's best for David Montgomery, but it makes me want to get higher on both of them whenever there's that big a difference from, from one to the one to the next. But, you know, Chicago, Green Bay, uh, Minnesota are all top, what, top six? Top six? So the thing that most interests me about the Chicago situation with the Bears and – it's uh, to some degree, these are sort of two takes I'm putting together in one, but it's two guys that we're getting pretty consistently in the 11th and 12th rounds right now of our simulations using the best ball cheat sheet, which are Kendra Miller and Roshan Johnson, the rookies from New Orleans and from Chicago, respectively. Both of these teams, so they're number two and they're number three in overall strength of schedule. So the best schedules to um, look at over the course of the whole season, I mean, with the Bears, I really like it because they get off to a decent start, right? But the real awesome part of their schedule is going to come whenever they get to the week 13 bye week. And move, then, then moving on from there, it's going to be, you know, they got Detroit in week 14. They'll have Cle- at Cleveland in week 15. Cleveland all of a sudden is now a, a bottom or I guess a top 12 favorable matchup for opposing running backs the way that we have it. Atlanta looks to be a top eight uh, or top 12 matchup for opposing running backs. Arizona, of course, is looks like it's going to be a, a, a top eight matchup as well. So for Roshan Johnson, it could be one of these things where you hold him and maybe a, if he gets off to a slow start because he's trying to find his footing where he fits in with these guys, with Deontay Foreman, with Khalil Herbert, um, by the end of the season, if the cream does rise to the top with a guy like Roshan Johnson, you're going to get a just a slate of games that are just awesome. So he's a guy that maybe some people could draft and could get a little bit frustrated with at first if he's just in some kind of third down role in an offense that really doesn't um, – maybe in an offense that doesn't fire in the ways that some people hopes that it will. Through the course of the season, you know, Roshan Johnson's a 225-pound monster back who can run between the tackles and who can also, you know, probably start out as their best pass protector, their best pass catcher out of the backfield, at least when comparing him to Deontay and when comparing him to Khalil Herbert. Um, if he can develop into more of a three-down kind of role down the stretch, you're going to have a guy in the playoffs that you're going to love to have. And the same can be said about Kendra Miller, I mean, because Kendra Miller in New Orleans, they have the second best overall schedule. And at the end of the season, they get the Giants, they get the Rams. The Rams trash, man. We talk about how Miami, it's like almost startling when you look at the defense and you realize what's going on with that, the, the, the transformation that they've had with the way players, some players have come along. Have you looked at the Rams defense? Have you just gone and just looked at, the, looked at it? Just look at the roster. It is miserable. Garbage. Dude, it is it is very they're they're linebackers. Some of these guys I've never even heard of that are projected to be starters. So um the, they get them. And then all of a sudden, man, for some reason, Tampa Bay 
it's looking like you know a defense you could not run on, right? You could not run on the on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That defense has been degraded. That front seven has been degraded in such a way to where they're looking in our tools. And this was one I wanted to change because it just doesn't seem right, right? But it, it, the matchup tool has it as a top eight matchup coming into Week One. So uh, it's a really good schedule down the stretch for those guys. Kendra Miller is a dude who, like Roshan Johnson, if you can manage to hold on to him through the season. He could be set there towards the end if something does happen to Alvin Kamara, if Jamal Williams doesn't hit the way that some people thought he – Jamal Williams didn't get to score 17 touchdowns again. Well, I, I mean, it's interesting because, like, I uh, noticed that as well, that late season um, cushion for the Saints. But I thought that means you have to invest in Alvin Kamara. No, even I mean, if, yeah. Because right. even if he does miss the first six games, yeah, he's coming into – you know, smorgasbord for the latter half of the season. So to me, that says, okay, Kamara is somebody I want to invest in for that second half push. No, I, I, I do get that. And then just one other thing, I'll, maybe we'll just talk about running backs and then we'll move on to wide receiver and tight end, I suppose. But um, it's an interesting thing to think about because I, I think the takeaway that I'd like people to have from this is if, if you don't draft Roshan Johnson, you don't draft Kendra Miller, they don't fire to start and, and somebody drops them, just keep keep this in mind about the about the end of the season schedule and about how these teams could be operating, especially, I mean, especially if, you know, let's be honest, I'm not – is Chicago, what are the chances that they're going to – I guess there's probably a chance if Justin Fields fires that they'll probably be in playoff contention towards the end. But just under the case that they're not and something weird happens – they're, they're going to be wanting to try out some of these guys, and it's, 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 it's going to come in really good matchups. On the other side of that deal, I also like to look at these players who might get off to a hot start that you're really interested in, but then whose schedules go to dust at the end of the season. And one such team for, the, for me when I look at that is the Seattle Seahawks. They start out with a – they get the Rams to start. They get Detroit. They get Carolina. They get the Giants. That's one top eight, one top 12 matchup, and two other borderline top 12 matchups. Then they're going to their bye week. And then uh, after the bye week, they'll be at Cincy, which is a tough matchup. But after that, they'll get Arizona, and they'll get at Cleveland. From there, things start to get really, really hairy. Basically starting in week – kind of starting in week 12, they have to go San Francisco bottom eight matchup. At Dallas, um, borderline bottom 12 matchup. At San Francisco, again, bottom eight matchup. Philly, a bottom eight matchup. At Tennessee, bottom 12 matchup. Pittsburgh, bottom eight matchup. So one of the worst playoff schedules there is, but a good, good, fast start starting schedule. That tells me that if Kenneth Walker maybe gets off to a hot start with the 17 touches and stuff that they're predicting for him maybe to start the season, not only do you have the risk of a, a lurking Zach Charbonnet, right? But you also have the fact that this thing gets a lot harder down the stretch. So maybe consider whenever we get into the season, if things play out like this. And look, the tool won't be exactly right. This is to this is to just help us talk through scenarios and, and forecast how we think things are going to look. It's kind of like a weatherman, you know, like it's not going to be exactly right, but we think it's pretty good. Like these models have been proven. They, they, they've been back tested. Um, one more. I, 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 would, I would just I would, I would, let me just say, though, let me just say. Just put this in the back of your mind. Just with Kenneth Walker, if he does get off to a hot start, he could be a—he's probably a smart mid-season sell-high candidate. 
Win your fantasy draft with the 2023 Rosterwatch Ultimate Draft Cheat Sheet, now available at rosterwatch.com. The revolutionary cheat sheet that changed fantasy football forever is the only tool you'll need this draft season. You've heard Roster Watch on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio live from all the NFL events, all of the training camps, the Senior Bowl, the Combine, the Draft. Now, all you have to do is follow the three simple rules using the legendary Roster Watch cheat sheet. That's it. Three rules and an expert quality draft is guaranteed. It couldn't be easier. The Roster Watch Ultimate Draft Cheat Sheet. You cannot afford a draft without it, and it's only at rosterwatch.com. Okay. One other thing I wanted to touch on for running backs is just James Connors' midseason cushion. I mean, if you just look at the at the for Arizona, you just look at their midseason. Oh yeah, yeah. From week slate. six to week twelve is beautiful. <laughs> it's beautiful, and you know, and you, you know, they're going to have to lean on their running game because their quarterbacks. Who know who who knows what that situation? That's is right about be. the time that Colt McCoy is going to get hurt. You have to turn to Clayton Tune. Yeah, and so to me, it seems like Connor's a guy that you're going to want to get some value on. Yeah, may or maybe after after this start, maybe after he's got to go Dallas at San Francisco, Cincinnati. He's got Trade some tough games after that. Right before that Rams game, he'll get at the Rams at Seattle, Baltimore, not the best, but then at Cleveland, Atlanta, Houston, and then the Rams again before it gets into a little bit tougher deal to end the season. I certainly like that. And also, man, the splits, Connor splits. We talked about it on the SiriusXM show. Connor splits without Kyler have actually been kind of good. So he's, he's somebody who we could have been could, could have been a little bit forgetting about. I'm still queasy about just how that whole thing works and whether halfway through the season he throws his hands up in the air and says, I'm going to act like I have an ankle injury or something and mm. pre- preserve my body for the, whatever I do next. Um, well, in that case, whoever they have a running back is going to have a nice midseason schedule. Yep. What about um, wide receivers? What stands out to you? Wide receivers, you're going to want to invest in Atlanta receivers down the stretch. Oh yeah. Based on based on their late season slate. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, they have so they have Tampa Bay, which we're showing as a what Tampa Bay is a bottom or a top twelve matchup for opposing wide receivers week fourteen. They have at Carolina, Indy, then at Chicago. Those are all projected as top eight matchups for us here uh, as far as opposing wide receivers. For me, it's just again, it's the NFC North this year is going to be a, a division where we're going to get a lot of uh, a, a, looks like a lot of shootout games, right? We're going to get a lot of games where bad defenses, good offensive skill players. I think with this Green Bay deal, with them being the very best strength of schedule for opposing wide receivers, it brings into question. Okay, for me, it's there's a little bit of disagreement between tools here because for me. I want Christian Watson. I want the guy that from week 10 on last season was the wide receiver nine in fantasy football, a guy that was really coming on the best strength of schedule in all of uh, fantasy for the entire 2023 season. But man, if you look at his season long props, trash man, uh, DraftKings has him at uh, 750.5 receiving yards for his over under. Underdog has him at 850.5 for his receiving over under. Prize picks has him at 765.5. So on average, right there, it's uh, 788.8 is the sort of the consensus of the different providers as far as his um as far as his 
projection uh, for their over-unders as far as kind of where they're setting the market right now, that would imply 55 receptions and somewhere around four and a half touchdowns. He's being taken right now as wide receiver 20 overall in managed season-long PPR leagues. And if we just go by the numbers, you would get straight from the sports books. Regarding Christian Watson, he would be scoring uh, 9.46 PPR points per week if he were to stay healthy for all 16 weeks. Well, that, that's right. That, that, that 9.46, if you just take the implied fantasy scoring based on the yardage totals when taken in aggregate from DraftKings, underdog, and prize picks, and you imply the receptions and you imply the uh, receiving touchdowns, you are going to – want to take Christian Watson, if you just take the number, right, the raw output that's implied by those yardage totals, <coughs> you would want to take him 19 spots later than that. You would, you, you would want to take him at wide receiver 39. But I love Christian Watson. I love the strength of schedule. I, um, how, how does that – is that just – are we just saying that maybe those are markets where we should go to – where we should just go to DraftKings and just fill out our – fill out our sheets and just say it's going to go over 750.5 or do you take that in consideration and say is the market trying to tell us not to be quite as bullish yet? well I, that's why i said i mean one of my points was to invest in or try to get value out of these green bay receivers i mean because they're all being i would say underestimated undervalued but and it's largely because they have an unproven quarterback but because of that strength of schedule because of the chance that love could be a really good quarterback well, he's set up like, for it. I mean, he's he's set up for it. The sheet shows that he's set up for it. I feel like Watson, Dobbs, Reed, like these are all guys who could potentially play way above their heads this season because of that strength of schedule, because of Love's potential. Um, so that was one of my points to try to get value on these Green Bay receivers where you can. One thing I worry about a little bit when I look at this sheet, and I'll, I'll ask you any other takeaways you have. My other big takeaway was – um, Trey, Traylon Burks and just the whole Tennessee wide receiver strength of schedule stuff. Um, he starts out pretty good. Uh, he'll be um, at New Orleans, which overall is borderline bottom 12 matchup for us. I know that people worry about Lattimore, uh, but they do have some issues with nickel corner. They do, I think that who's it? Paulson Adebo. Who's the other one that they have the other corner. So some 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 of our stats and some of our scouting on him is not as big a fan of that guy as others. So it kind of brings it down. I do think that that New Orleans was a little bit tougher than um, the neutral kind of tag that we have on it right now. But then we know that the, we know the Chargers is going to be a, a, a good matchup. They're going to have at Cleveland, which is tough. But then they have uh, out of their next <coughs> one, two, three, four games, they have three matchups out of their next four games and a bye going to week eight where three out of those four are two, two, two out of those four are top eight and three, three out of those four are either top eight or top 12. My concern with Traylon Burks though, if he's a guy that you want to hang on to through the rest of the season are two things. One uh, at Miami, it's going to be a tough matchup in week uh, week, I guess, what is that week 14? And then, they, he has Seattle in week 16. And here's the thing with Houston, trash man. And I talked a lot with Cody, our friend Cody Carpentier and Byron about this. Houston keeps showing up as a tough matchup for opposing wide receivers in this sheet. And to me, I'm like, well, why? Houston sucks, 
right? They're no good. The sheet does take into account um, the strength of the new sort of defensive presence there with D'Amico Ryans. It also takes into account our initial scouting evaluation of Derek Stingley, even though he was not graded very highly by uh, pro football focus last year. We know that Steven Nelson's up and down, but he can be good at times. But I, I think the main thing here is just the projected win total and just the fact that they're projected at four and a half wins as far as an over-under. Probably not going to be a good football team and not going to be a team where others are going to find themselves in projected game scripts where they're going to have to really toss the football around a lot. We, we might not be getting much passing volume in those Houston games just because it is such a beautiful matchup for opposing running backs. And pe- people are going to be able to run all over them. They're going to get up on them. They're going to take the air out of the football. And although it won't happen every week, it's just a situation where playing versus Houston, it could depress everything because of the way that the game – you know, could, could flow if the game script happens the way that we're projecting. That's fair. So, and, and, and he'll be, he'll be playing them, them twice in the, the last couple of weeks of the season. So just, just something to keep in mind, man, you know, if we, if we get off to a hot start from Traylon Burks and you look at his playoff schedule, you're like, Oh dude, he's got Houston twice. I would, I would just say like, you know, don't think you know, Houston's going to be a bad team. This is going to be an easy playoff run for him. It, it It might be a little bit tough just because of how things could shake out, especially when you have such a great runner like Derrick Henry who can just go down and murder those guys for these huge, huge, huge games. Um, anything, anything else at wide receiver that, that, that you had that really – One other thing I noticed um, for Detroit, Jamison Williams has a really soft landing pad when he comes in. Oh, dude, that's a good – hey, Trash Man, I didn't think you were going to come up with any of these good points. That's I always come one. up with good points. We were just in the pod. That's a that's a good one. That's a that's a better take than I even came up with. Because you're right, he comes back. So it's a, it's it's, a, it's an eight game suspension. Or is it six? I thought it was six. Either way, it's fine. Uh, I think it's six. You're right. Um, but boy, it would be cool if it was eight, because then he would get the buy, and then just he would get just complete easy games, except Green Bay and Denver. But if it's six, he'll have one tough one in week uh, seven at Baltimore. Then he gets Las Vegas, a top eight matchup, the bye week at the Chargers, top eight matchup, Chicago, top eight matchup, Green Bay, bottom 12 matchup at New Orleans. Like we said, kind of fringy sort of bottom 12, but then at Chicago, top eight, Denver, terrible. So that's your first week of the playoffs. But then at Minnesota, top eight at Dallas, you know, mid, mid, middling. it's kind of middling. So uh, that's a good point, man. Um, good point on Jamison Williams. He comes back to a good schedule. Not too many tough, uh, not too tough of a road to hoe there. All right. Let's just quickly talk about tight end. Anything stand out to you as far as this? I just put this up last night, so I haven't analyzed it that much. The only thing that I thought was really kind of bad for us it's like there's not as much differential with the tight end stuff right there's not any of these ones where we have like you know that are rated as like a 15 or a 14 or things like that like some of these running backs and wide receivers are um at the very top but there are a lot that are pretty good that are sixes and fives and stuff like that it's all color-coded so it tells you relative to the others where these guys are dallas looks really good to start the season or um kansas city looks really good not only to start the season kansas city has well, that's that was my yeah. first point. Yeah, just like Kelsey is king. I mean, yeah, man. I mean, they. It's a little bit harder down the stretch, but here's the thing: down the stretch in these games, it's like 
I mean, and they, Buffalo is going to be a tough matchup for opposing tight ends, right? But you don't think that Travis Kelsey is going to go off in a shootout versus Buffalo? Are you kidding me? So for a guy like him who's matchup proof, you start out with three out of four of your first games are top eight matchups for opposing tight ends. Um, that's something for Kelsey. For me, just the thing that bummed me out was about Sam Laporta in Detroit. The absolute worst matchup by far for opposing opposing tight ends. He has only two top eight matchups. He'll get Atlanta and he'll get Las Vegas in week eight. But he's got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten matchups out of 17 weeks where they're going to be bottom eight or bottom 12 in uh, an opposing matchup for these these tight ends. And again, that's not by fantasy points allowed. That's by scheme. That's by personnel. That's by projected game script. And it's does that deflate you a little bit and taking the Sam Laporta tight end two at the end of your drafts? If you're, you know, maybe you get in one of these situations where you get a Chigo Conquo or a Pat Fryermuth, or maybe you get a Evan Ingram as your or David Njoku, one of these guys as your tight end one. We like to kind of circle back and get one of these, get like a Sam Laporta sometimes as a as a uh, as a tight end two. Does this worry you at all about that? Well, that worries me. I mean, it's compounded with the fact that the wide receiver schedule is so good there for the Lions. Down the stretch. You're right. So um, any other tight end takeaways? One for me, the other one for me was that I think Dawson Knox gets off to a quick start. I think it might take a minute for Kincaid to kind of get his footing in the NFL. And these first – um really six games for the for the bills are cherry matchups as far as the tight end position goes but so why think, can't it be kincaid i mean i think it could but i just feel like people are gonna people are gonna have be sleeping on Knox because of the kincaid thing and i think maybe it takes a minute for kincaid to get going in the nfl trash man the the big the big buzzy headline was supposed to be look at the but look at the bills look at these first six weeks of this look at these first six weeks of the season it's See, i think there might be enough beautiful matchups it's supposed enough, to be enough, enough for game. both of them there might be enough for both of them but i'm just saying i don't think we can count Knox out just yet